Welcome, everybody. What does a tape measure and today's episode have in common? Anyone? Bueller? I can sense that you're inching towards the answer. You're darn straight. Feet. Yep. Today we want you to just kick off your shoes and socks, prop up your feet, and let us massage your mind with 10 interesting facts about, well, feet. Okay, let's step into this episode. First of our 10 facts is shoe size. Now, as you can probably guess, American bodies are getting bigger. Not surprising, though, just to emphasize, we are getting bigger, not taller. Today, the average American man is approximately 5 feet 9 inches, 198 pounds, and has a 40-inch waist. The average American woman, 5 foot 4 inches, 171 pounds, with a 39-inch waist. From 1960 to 2002, while height averages have remained somewhat consistent, the average American gained around 24 pounds. But what about our feet? In the United States, the best-selling shoe size is 8.5 for women and 10.5 for men. This is up a full size larger from 30 years ago, according to the National Shoe Retailers Association. And if you think you know your correct shoe size, you might be off. A 2011 report published in the Journal of Foot and Ankle Surgery suggests that about 35% of people underestimated by at least half a size. If we consider these statistics, it makes sense that feet are spreading to support extra weight as our society as a whole packs on the pounds. According to a 2014 study by the College of Podiatry in the United Kingdom, The average foot has increased two sizes since the 1970s. As people have grown taller and heavier, feet respond by growing. To account for this, retailers are starting to respond by making larger and roomier shoes. Speaking of shoe sizes, in 2014, the American Academy of Orthopedic Surgeons reported that the worldwide average shoe size for men is between 9 and 12, while the average American male shoe size is a 10 and a half. As an aside... How can you measure your own shoe size? The best way to measure your own foot size is to measure your feet at the end of the day when they're the largest. For your next trivia night, here are a few additional fun tidbits about shoe sizes. First, the largest ever recorded shoe size is a 37AA worn by Robert Wadlow, an American who lived from 1918 to 1940. Wadlow was... 8 feet 11 inches tall and still holds the Guinness World Record for largest feet ever. Wow. The current Guinness World Record holder for shoe size belongs to Jason Orlando Rodriguez Hernandez from Maracay, Venezuela, who wears a U.S. size 26. Wow. The 22-year-old has boasted the largest feet on a living person since 2014. And one last note about shoe sizes. Who came up with the shoe size system anyway? Well... In Roman civilization, sandal makers used barley corns to measure feet size. Later, in England in 1324, King Edward II made it official 
and declared that the official measurement of shoe size would be the barley corn. The diameter of one barley corn, which is a third of an inch, would represent one full shoe size. This system lives on to this very day in our modern shoe sizing. Fact number two, decoding the secret language of feet. The study of body language is fascinating, and an astute observer of body language can find out a lot about someone's thoughts, feelings, and even motives. When talking about body language, I can't help but think about popular TV crime dramas such as Lie to Me, The Mentalist, even Criminal Minds, where suspects are profiled and caught often due to the protagonist picking up on important body language cues. In many situations, along with other body language such as posture, facial expressions, hand gestures, and other such things, we are communicating with our feet. More often than not, this is on a subconscious level and we aren't even aware that we are doing this. Professor Jeffrey Beatty, who is the head of school and dean of psychological sciences at the University of Manchester, has said that many people will often have no idea about the secret messages their feet are giving out. Here's a rundown of some of the main observations he has made regarding body language, specifically focusing on feet. First, if a woman is interested in someone and is laughing, her foot will move away from her body and she will have an open leg posture. Along these lines, if a woman is interested in a guy, her toes might generally point towards his direction. Oh, if her feet are crossed or tucked away under her body, then she isn't attracted to you. Oh, as if. Men, on the other hand, don't signal sexual attraction with their feet. Liars keep their feet unnaturally still to try to distract people away from their fibbing. Women do judge men on their shoes how stylish, clean, and expensive they look, and whether they match an outfit. If a man is nervous, he will show his feelings by increasing his foot movement. And I see that all the time. You see people kind of bouncing their legs around, kind of a, a nervous tick or what have you. Now, what's interesting, though, is women do the opposite. And if they are nervous, women typically will keep their feet still. Alpha males and alpha females have a low level of leg and foot movement because they like to dominate and control the conversation, and the same goes for their body. Extroverts do likewise, but for different reasons, while shy people have frequent movements. Arrogant people also keep their bodies more in check and use less foot movement. Summed up, the professor stated that the weird thing about feet is that most people know what they are doing with their facial expression. They may or may not know what they are doing with their hands, but unless we specifically think about it, we know nothing about what we are doing with our feet. Fact number three, let's talk about foot anatomy. Our feet are incredibly complex and flexible structures made up of bone, muscles, joints, and soft tissue. They all work together to allow us to do things like walk, run, climb, and jump. Now, focusing on the bones of our feet, foot bones make up about a quarter of all the 206 bones in our bodies. Each foot has 26 bones, one less than in each hand. When we're born, these foot bones are mostly cartilage. They harden as we get older, being completely hardened by around age 21. So to break down the anatomy of the foot, there are 26 bones in each foot, as well as 33 joints, 19 muscles, 
ten tendons, and 107 ligaments. Fact number four. This is just gross. So, there was a foot cheese exhibition in Ireland. Yes, you heard me. There was a foot cheese exhibition in Ireland. (sighs) Apparently, warm, sweaty feet make a perfect home for bacteria, which feed on our dead skin cells and produce gases and acids that emit those stinky foot odors. They're apparently also good at cultivating cheese. An exhibition in Dublin in 2013, known as the Grow Your Own Exhibition, which was all about synthetic biology, had a particular installation there called Self Made, which displayed a variety of cheeses made with bacteria samples obtained from people's feet, armpits, and belly buttons. Sounds delicious, right? Thankfully, no one actually ate any of these cheeses. The exhibition was created by scientist Christina Agapakis and scent expert Cecil Talas. And while a bit disgusting, if not slightly shocking in some respects, this exhibition was intended to promote discussions on microbiology, with the artist's statement of the exhibition asking, Can knowledge and tolerance of bacterial cultures in our food improve tolerance of the bacteria on our bodies? This is all interesting, but uh, we'll take a hard pass on this one. Number five, why are our feet so ticklish? Humans have nearly 8,000 nerves in our feet and a large number of nerve endings near the skin. The soles of your feet contain more sensory nerve endings and sweat glands per square centimeter than any other part of the body. Okay, so we've got a bunch of nerve endings in our feet, but how does that translate to someone being ticklish? Scientists have found that being tickled stimulates your hypothalamus which is the area of the brain that controls our emotional reactions, as well as fight or flight and pain responses. When you're tickled, you might be laughing not because you're having fun, but because you're having an autonomic emotional response. In fact, just look at the body movements of someone being tickled, and they often mimic the movements of someone in severe pain. Scientists have further theorized that people might be ticklish for a number of reasons, from the social bonding aspect of being tickled, to the body protecting vulnerable parts from attack. If you happen to be someone with extremely ticklish feet, fear not. Ticklishness in feet can be a sign of good health, as non-ticklishness could indicate signs of neuropathy, which is a fancy word for nerve deterioration, or other health conditions such as diabetes, mellitus, arthritis, certain vitamin deficiencies, or thyroid problems. And that brings us to fact number six. Speaking of sweat glands, your two feet have approximately 250,000 sweat glands that are capable of producing half a pint of sweat in a single day. So why do we sweat so much through our feet? There are numerous reasons, but some of the most important include regulating the body's temperature by cooling the feet, getting rid of excess salt and water the body doesn't need, keeping the skin on the foot from drying out by keeping it moist and supple, and protecting the foot skin from bacteria due to the slightly acidic nature of sweat. Are you someone who suffers from over-sweaty feet? A few remedies you can try to help stop chronic sweaty or stinky feet include washing your feet daily, applying foot deodorant spray or antiperspirant to your feet, wiping down your feet with an alcohol wipe before putting on shoes or socks, using foot powder, 
putting baking soda in your shoes to absorb moisture and odor, and wearing breathable shoes. Number seven. The average person walks about 100,000 miles in a lifetime. That's a lot of stress on our feet. It's not surprising then that lower back pain, headaches, indigestion, and spine misalignment are often related to foot problems. Some runners blow way past this mark. They've logged at least 100,000 miles in running miles alone. One committed runner, Herb Fred, has run a whopping 247,142 miles. That blows our fictional friend Forrest Gump out of the water, who, by most estimates, would have run anywhere between 15,000 to 20,000 miles during his three-year coast-to-coast running expedition. The American Podiatric Medical Association says the average person takes 8,000 to 10,000 steps a day. Those cover several miles, and they all add up to about 115,000 miles in a lifetime, more than four times the circumference of the globe. So why is it so important to buy shoes that fit well and support our feet? They seem to be built sturdily enough, right? Well, there are times when you're walking that the pressure on your feet exceeds your body weight. And when you're running, it can be three or four times your weight. That's why it is so critical when buying shoes, especially athletic sneakers and trainers, you buy shoes that fit well and properly support your feet. Oh, and by the way, according to the American Podiatric Medical Association, Shopping for shoes is best done in the afternoon. Like we mentioned a little earlier, your feet tend to swell a little during the day, and it's best to buy shoes to fit them then. Have your feet measured every time you purchase shoes, and do it while you're standing. When you try on shoes, try them on both feet. Many people, as you might know, have one foot larger than the other, and it's best to fit the larger one. Fact number eight. Let's talk about firsts. So, who created the first sneaker? That honor belongs to the U.S. Rubber Company in 1892. They produced a canvas-topped shoe called Keds. Initially, the brand name Peds was chosen for the company from the Latin word for feet, but the name was already trademarked, so they went with Keds instead. By 1917, these shoes started to be mass-produced, and they are widely regarded as the first-ever mass-produced sneaker. Since their humble beginnings, Keds have decidedly been marketed toward women and have been sported by the likes of Audrey Hepburn, Marilyn Monroe, Yoko Ono, who actually wore them on her wedding day to John Lennon, even during the marriage ceremony, Jennifer Grey in Dirty Dancing, and more recently, Taylor Swift. And I believe Taylor Swift is actually a, an official ambassador for the, for the brand, so that's interesting. Prior to rubber soles, shoes had solid bottoms and could be quite noisy while walking around. The rubber-soled shoes, in comparison, were so quiet, the wearer could sneak around without being heard, hence the name Sneakers. The U.S. market for sneakers grew steadily as young boys lined up to buy sneakers endorsed by football player Jim Thorpe and Converse All-Stars endorsed by basketball player Chuck Taylor. And this brings us to our next first, and that is the first basketball shoe. So the same year that Keds started pumping out serious quantities of shoes in 1917, Marquise Converse produced the first shoe made just for basketball, and this was called the Converse Non-Skids. These were essentially simple sneakers with rubber soles and a canvas upper. 
1923, an Indiana hoop star named Chuck Taylor endorsed the shoes and they became known as the Chuck Taylor All-Stars. This was another first, as the Chuck Taylor All-Stars became the first celebrity-endorsed athletic shoe. Since this time, Converse All-Stars are the best-selling basketball shoes of all time. And our last little first factoid, what is the oldest or the first preserved leather shoe? Well, hearkening back to our very own episode one of the Immortal Souls podcast, this honor belongs to the 5,500-year-old Irani One shoe found in a cave in Armenia. Fact number nine, foot problems. About 60% of all foot and ankle injuries reported by the U.S. population older than 17 were sprains and strains of the ankle. It is also estimated that about 75% of Americans will experience foot problems at one time or another in their lives. One statistic put out by the American Podiatric Medical Association estimates that over 80% of Americans over the age of 21 have reported some sort of foot ailment or problem in their lifetime. Along these lines, several million Americans seek treatment each year for plantar fasciitis alone, which is a common foot ailment involving inflammation of a thick band of connective tissue, the plantar fascia, that runs across the bottom of the foot and connects the heel bone to the toes. This condition causes sharp pain in the heels and inner soles of the feet and most often affects runners, people who are overweight, and people who wear shoes with inadequate support. And I've just got to cut in for a second here. I've actually had plantar fasciitis a couple times, unfortunately, and I can definitely say that, yes, it is a very painful condition. Um, Most of the time, it's a sharp pain, especially like when you wake up in the morning, the pain does kind of subside throughout the day. But if you sit for a long time or if you aren't walking, that sharp pain kind of comes back. And this condition can often take months to recover from. Yeah, and oftentimes you'll even see professional athletes suffer from it and it'll cause them to sit out for months at a time even. Also, women generally experience foot problems four times more often than men. It makes sense this could be, in part, due to many women wearing high-heeled shoes, which puts added strain on the foot rather than a typical low-heeled or no-heel shoe. So, to avoid foot problems... And to give your feet the best shot at being healthy and pain-free, get exercise, eat a healthy diet, and buy good fitting and properly supporting shoes. Pretty common sense stuff. And that brings us to our number 10 and final fact about feet. And we're going to talk about animal feet. As we can plainly see from this discussion, the human foot is an incredibly complex and a remarkable biological structure in its own right. Now, if we think our feet are cool, just wait until you hear about these five totally bizarre and totally awesome feet in the animal kingdom. So first off, butterflies. Did you know that butterflies actually taste with their feet? This is due to them having taste sensors on their feet. So for example, when a butterfly stands on a leaf, it can taste it to determine both if the leaf tastes good as well as if it will be a suitable place to lay its eggs. The second animal we're going to talk about is the basilisk lizard, and this lizard is also known as the Jesus lizard. This is a lizard 
that dwells in trees in Central America, and true to its name, it has specially designed feet allowing it to run across the surface of water. How cool is that? Essentially, the lizard runs with a scooping motion while its feet capture pockets of air to help hold it up while running. According to National Geographic, the basilisk can run across water on its hind limbs at about 5 feet a second for a distance of approximately 15 feet before it sinks to all fours and swims. The third animal is the gannet. The gannet is a type of large white seabird with yellow heads, black-tipped wings, and long beaks. What's cool about the gannet's feet is they incubate their eggs not with their bodies like most birds, but by using their warm, webbed feet. So in a way, it's like they stand on their eggs to incubate them. They also use their feet to cover and protect newborn chicks after hatching. The fourth animal is the elephant. And what's cool about the elephant's feet is that elephants actually hear with their feet, or rather, they can hear with their feet. They do this by sensing underground vibrations, possibly due to seismic waves traveling through their toenails to the ear bone by conduction. Along these lines, one way elephants communicate with each other is through stomping their feet and picking up on the seismic vibrations. Another cool factoid about elephants' feet, elephants, despite weighing up to 13,000 pounds, actually walk on the tips of their toes. And the fifth and final animal I'm going to talk about are geckos. As most people know, geckos seem to defy gravity with their feet as they stick to surfaces. But did you know that gecko feet are actually not sticky? So if they aren't sticky, how do geckos seem to defy gravity by running up walls, by hanging upside down and skittering across the ceilings? The truth is not because their toes are sticky, it's because their feet are covered with hundreds of tiny hairs known as setae which branch off into even more and even tinier hairs called spatulae. Now, these hairs don't stand up at a 90-degree angle, but rather more horizontally, so the gecko has a greater surface area to support more of its weight. Electrons on these minuscule hairs bond with molecules on other surfaces through electromagnetic attraction, which allows the gecko to attach and remove its feet quickly enough to scale vertical surfaces and across ceilings. These remarkable feet have helped us to dream up and even develop technology, such as handheld paddles that help people scale buildings, and a non-irritating tape that can seal wounds. Well, now that you're properly armed with some fancy and fascinating foot facts, we wish you success as you step up your trivia game and totally dominate your next trivia night, or... When you're trying to figure out what cheese to use on your next grilled cheese. Bon appetit. As you are a part of our podcast family, we've always got your back with anything you need. Thanks for listening, and until next time, tread well. Thank you all for tuning in to this episode of the Immortal Souls podcast. For more information, show notes, pictures, or just to say hi, check us out at immortalsoulspodcast.com, Instagram, or Twitter. Original theme music by Scott Spriggs. Five-star reviews are always helpful and hugely appreciated. Until next time, keep walking the roads less traveled.